0: you know in my personal experience you can pay people all the money in the world right but if their workplace is somewhere that, that they feel like they don't belong or that is it's just unpleasant to walk through that door every morning, they're, they're not going to stay. And, you know, the higher turnover rate you have, and then you have to start over with training those people then on the first day, showing them the basics, taking your time. And then you're kind of just, you know, shooting yourself in the foot, so to speak. So I think it really goes to show you know, developing that culture and developing that team is actually going to be highly beneficial in the long run. You're going to keep your staff, you're going to drive your productivity on the farm, and it's going to be a great place to work.
1: It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry, one that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here, you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. Swine it podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative companies like Gestal, always one step ahead in swine feeding. Adiseo provides programs and services to help producers achieve their targets in high quality, safe, and sustainable way. Swine management to the next level. Cloudfarms.com Zinpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance. Ivonic, we are sciencing the global food challenge. AB Vista, new nutritional perspectives and novel enzyme applications to drive pig production. Genesis, the first power in genetics.
2: Hello, everyone. I'm Laura Greiner, your host for today's swine it podcast. And with me today, I have Sarah Pardell, who is currently a customer operations uh, individual for our swine it program. Sarah, how are you today?
0: Hi Laura, I'm good. I'm super excited to be here today and speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Oh, we're glad to have you on today, Sarah. Um, and we're not really going to talk about what you're currently doing at SwineNet. We kind of want to go back, maybe, in a little bit of your experience. And some of our audience may not be familiar with you, so maybe take a couple moments here and just explain a little bit about yourself and your background.
0: Sure, absolutely. So. Um, I graduated from Iowa State uh, in 2014 with my bachelor's degree in animal science, and then directly after that, I started managing about a 6,000 head breed to wean uh, sow unit uh, for about eight years until I recently transitioned to the customer operations unit here at Swinet. So, uh, predominantly in uh, sow units uh, is my and managing sow units is. You know, mostly my background.
1: This episode sponsored highlight is about Cloud Farms. Did you know that you can improve productivity across all your farms using real-time data with a user-friendly app and a secure cloud-based solution? Cloud Farms provides real-time reporting for your entire team from anywhere. Our benchmarking farm-to-farm analysis allows you to make data-driven decisions to meet your company's goals, providing only the best for all types of pig production. If you want to take your company to the next level, go to www.cloudfarms.com.
2: Yeah, and I think that's a really good conversation to have today. Um, we've had a series of conversations with different groups on labor and what that's going to look like going forward. And, um, you know, it's, it's something we talk a lot about. It, it goes beyond labor, right? It's it's really how we relate to our people and our staff and and um, even how we communicate with our managers. And so I really kind of wanted to take that focus today rather than how can we be more efficient in the farm, but rather how do we encourage, support, train, educate our farm staff that we do have. And so um, maybe let's kind of start a little bit farther in your background. Did you have much swine experience before you jumped into your first job?
0: Um. I did do a couple uh, internships while I was in college. And even farther back than that, uh, I volunteered at a couple finishers as well, you know, through your local 4-H programs and and things like that. So they they always tell you in college, you're going to change your major about four times or three times or whatever it is they say. But I, I actually didn't. So... I started off with the finishers in 4h in high school and then I did a couple of internships um, throughout college as well, which took me through all of the phases of of swine production. you know I toured boar studs and nurseries and sow units and finishers. So before before I started managing uh, my sow farm I did, you know, have some previous experience in college, you know, it wasn't my first time stepping, stepping foot on a sow farm. I'm happy to say I had some previous experience before taking on that challenge.
2: Sure, sure. And that's good and that's probably actually a rarity that we see today. Um probably some of your employees that you worked with on the farm had never really worked around pigs. And so how do you first approach, let's start there, how do we first approach an individual who maybe this is their first time working on a farm or certainly working around pigs?
0: Absolutely. So that's pretty much the norm. um, Nowadays, you don't, get a whole lot of people with, you know, any animal experience at all, let let alone specifically swine experience on on these sow units. So it is incredibly important to lay a good foundation for these new employees who are stepping foot in into our doors, right? So Uh, not, not everywhere requires you to, to shower in for, for example, nobody's going to have any experience showering into these facilities. And that's kind of a, you know, that's, that's a weird thing for, for most people. It's, it's not a common thing in, in, in any other industry, I don't think. So, so laying a solid foundation and just making people feel as comfortable as you possibly can. And everybody likes being greeted with, with a smile, right? And I think having your setup. As soon as they walk in the door, do they have the right clothes? Do they have the right boots? You know, do they have, is there an established training program for them to follow? And it, it's super important to have um, a, a training buddy as as well, I think. So just to show someone there um, on the farm, what does this look like? What does it smell like? How to get around basic things. Where's the fridge for example, I mean, I think th- these are things that get overlooked, but I also think they're incredibly important, especially in terms of of turnover rates and things like that. Because they're, you know, ever since COVID, of course, there's been, you know, an increasingly common uh, labor shortage, I guess, and the labor issue. So, whatever we can do to retain those employees that do end up walking through our door, you know, is 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 optimal. So. Yeah, I think laying a great foundation for the first day is, you know, the the main point here and most people are going to decide whether they're going to stay or walk out the door for the last time on that first day. So, mm-hmm. I, and you know, some, some of, some that's going to happen as well with, you know, people who have not worked with animals before, they're not going to like the, it's going to be too noisy. It's going to smell. I'm not comfortable with, you know, showering in uh, every single day and showering out every single day, for example. So it's not going to be right for some individuals, but if we can make that first day process as smooth and easygoing and pleasant as we possibly can, I think that would be leaps and bounds.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think you bring up a really good point. I was talking to a producer one day about you know, what they do for their, their first day with their employees. And we even got into the discussion of, well, when the employee comes to the farm, if they get a new pair of coveralls, they get the new undergarments and they get a new pair of boots. And, you know, again, that's something that I really didn't think about because I'm used to going on so many different farms and you just grab whatever is there. But for somebody who maybe isn't as comfortable on these farms, even a new pair of boots can go a long ways versus saying, well, just grab whatever pair. I mean, is that something that you found as well, or, or is that just kind of a nuance to, to this individual's way of, of introducing employees?
0: Absolutely. I completely agree with you on on that matter. So, I mean, having having their boots ready, having their clothes ready, having, you know, a specific space for their personal belongings that they that they want to bring in. So, if you have an employee that you're bringing in, for example, and, you know, you've got a pair of boots with another individual's name on them that maybe isn't there today or maybe isn't working on the farm anymore, just doesn't send that great of a message, right? So, if, if you You've got an area or um, a container for their personal items, but it has somebody else's name on it that you've got to, you know, get off of there real quick before they're coming in. Again, that doesn't send the greatest message. And, it, and taking care of those little details and finite things before that person arrives on farm, I think is really key. It, it makes them feel like they're important there. That they're appreciated there and and that they matter, which of course they do because you know with without the great functioning staff on a cell farm, you know there th- there is no cell farm, so they are essential, and I think you know actions speak louder than words, of course, in these circumstances. so I think whatever you can do, those finite little details are going to make the biggest difference for that individual and let them know that they are appreciated and that their presence there is extremely
2: important and matters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit further now. So we'll assume they've showered in for the day and whether they've worked on a farm before, maybe in another system or, you know, with the neighbor down the road, or they've never been to a farm before, you know, we have to have some kind of a, an introduction, if you will, right? So how do we spend the first day to week with that individual? And then how do we start developing that training program? to get them to understand RSOPs. Do you have any recommendations on what you've seen that that may work?
0: On what I've seen, uh, the first day can be extremely overwhelming. Extremely, extremely overwhelming. So uh, the basics, right? Uh, whatever biosecurity practices are are involved, right? So showering in, changing of the clothes, whatever processes there are of bringing lunch into the farm um, anything like that or maybe even just uh, ask them how they got to the farm right so if you can get them a, a better a better way of traveling to get them to the farm because some of these farms are in remote locations and they're hard to find i've had several employees get lost right so i've actually had to go you know find some that that have been lost on their way to the farm before so that is you know first step getting there and then of course that first day is just just the basics, right? So let's not let's not show them, you know, how to euthanize, you know, animals on on the first day. Maybe so maybe we learn uh, where the breeding process happens, what a farrowing house is. Let's show them what a what a commercial uh, pig looks like. Maybe the difference between sows, pigs, boars, barrows, gilts. Maybe even telling the difference from barrows barrows and gilts, you know, could be done on the first day. So extremely, extremely basic, where everything is at, you know, how to clock in, how to bring in your lunch, uh, introducing them to the team name by name, so having lunch together and introducing that that new person to the team, because that is also extremely intimidating on the first day is meeting, you know, this team of however many people you have, you know, from different backgrounds. Um, maybe some people don't speak English very well. Maybe there are some bilingual people. So it's extremely, extremely important to, you know, try to establish that unity on, on the first day and, and learn that person's name so that again that they feel like they they're there and they matter which they do so and then from there um as far as training programs go then you after the first day then my recommendation would be then to slowly pick things up from there uh based on uh documentation how to document things and Steadily from there, and then maybe even there's monetary uh, value added to that as well with with this training program on a step by step basis in order to keep employees engaged and motivated and and confident, right? Confidence confidence is key in these specific areas, and maybe there's one person on the team that's better at training people and has more patience than others, right? So I think that's you know really really valuable in in that
2: aspect. Mm-hmm. And I heard you say earlier, maybe lining them up with a training buddy. And I think that's interesting because we oftentimes will say, well, it's either the farm manager's responsibility. If it's, you know, we need to finish barn or if it's a sow farm, maybe it's whatever division, maybe it's the GDU manager, the bearing manager, the breeding manager to take care of the new person. But when I hear you say the word training buddy, that's not really what I'm picking up would that be fair? Uh
0: it, correct, correct. So, I mean, as in in my experience anyway, it's it's everybody's responsibility to, responsibility to on the farm to, you know, train our new employees, make them feel welcome, spend time with them, that kind of thing. So, obviously you're not going to take a native Spanish speaker and put them with a person who speaks only English to, to train them. For example, that's not going to work out very well for us, but, um, based on, you know, maybe personalities and things like that, you can set them up with this one person for that day, or maybe several weeks, um, so that they get to know that person and they get to know the new person. And so that way their confidence grows and that way they could Establish a friend on farm as well. I found that's extremely beneficial as well to just have somebody to confide in and someone to, you know, hold your hand through maybe some of these things that you're not exactly comfortable with yet. So I found this extremely beneficial in employee uh, retention as well is to have a training buddy there uh, uh, with them, for example, just to kind of guide them through the processes because it is, it is extremely intimidating stepping foot on that sow farm and, and working with live animals, especially sows. People don't realize how big sows actually are. You go to the fair and you see you see show pigs and that's what they're expecting. And <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> She's like 500 pounds. So, <laughs> so yeah, This it, it takes some getting used to you know especially like maybe being in a farrowing room or maybe being in a breed barn you know by yourself doing chores and things like that it takes some it takes some practice and some time to get comfortable just being and working around these animals as well because most people don't have any experience with them
2: right what do you think is the realistic time frame for training Do you, I mean would you expect an employee to be fully trained within a month within three months what's what's kind of your expectation in terms of being trained
0: I guess that would depend on the person and their capabilities, honestly. I don't know if I could put an exact time frame on that. It It is completely up to the person. You know, some people are going to learn things uh, faster than others, and some people are just going to be uh, better at things uh, than others. I can tell you that um, I was really good at, at processing pigs. I could process pigs really well, but when it came to breeding gilts, uh, uh, no. No, nope, that doesn't. No, nope, not for me. So, so does just because you're necessarily trained on it doesn't mean you have to be the rock star at it as well. And that goes back to just you know placing people within their skill sets and you know uh, putting them in situations that they're actually going to thrive in because then that makes happy happy employees and happy employees do their greatest work. So I don't I don't know if you could put an actual time frame on that. I think that's completely individualized.
2: Mm-hmm. As a South Farm manager, I think it's what intrigues me is it's what would be your approach or what's your recommendation? You have this new employee coming in, and right now maybe our South Farms are 70 to 75 percent um, capacity in terms of workers. Where do you put that person? Right? Is, do you immediately put that person where you have the greatest need, or do you view it more of training that individual across all areas and then seeing? if you will, what floats to the top, right? What's the area that they become Mm -hmm. engaged in, skilled in, et cetera, where you think they're going to excel. How do you, how do you manage that need versus, you know, that employee and potential skill set?
0: It is very tempting. I can tell you, it is very tempting to just put that new person right where you need them. If you've got, you know, 10 day old pigs that need process, you want to go put them on processing pigs. But I, I still, you can't you can't do it it's it's not going to work out well um as far as a safety standpoint you know in my experience with with new hires they're they're the most risky right because they've never you can get hurt on so many ways in a, on a sow farm and you know they don't know what they're doing they're not comfortable what they're with what they're doing maybe they're not aware of all the hazards yet that are that surround their position so it is very tempting to want to throw them into um exactly where you need them uh to be but i still find that it's it's better to start off with the basics and with the simple things, maybe feed water and air um, rather than, you know, the technical things. And you can utilize your more senior, more advanced technicians to do those things while your new hire is still learning the basics. They're still doing something, right? So it's still benefiting you. It's still benefiting them. Everybody wins versus Throwing them into a, a position or or a job or a task that they're not comfortable with, they've not been trained in, and they're ultimately going to fail, discouraged, and then now you're now you're out an employee, and now you're seventy percent staffed because you've lost your new person and you haven't taken the time, the energy, the effort, and the care to make them feel you know welcome and that they actually have a chance at at making a career in this and that they will actually thrive in the position that they're in. So. Yeah, to, I would definitely just take take time and still start with the basics, even though I've, I've been there. I've been there. I've done that. You know, it's it's very tempting, very tempting to just put them where you need them. Right. So,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. What do you do when you have an employee that has been with you for a period of time? And um, I think we all tend to do it. We think, oh, well, if you've been here a period of time, we should promote you. Um, but let's say you go to that employee and you say, Hey, I want to make you maybe assistant fairing manager or fairing lead. And they say, No, 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 I'm happy doing day one care. I'm happy processing. Um, how do you handle I'm going to go both directions. How do you handle the employee who's content being where they're at, but yet still trying to give them motivation and, and desire to continue doing the job that they want to do? And how do you take the individual that has come to you and said, I want to do more? And do you think they're capable of doing that? How do you how do you do both the coaching and the training to develop those individuals further?
0: So for the first person, the one I want to promote but doesn't necessarily want the added responsibility, um, not everybody's born to be a leader. not not everybody wants to manage people. There are people who are comfortable in the position that they're in, and we need those people. They are absolutely essential. And not everybody wants that added responsibility. So, I guess to keep them motivated and engaged um, with their current position, I would, you know, it's, I would set short and long-term goals for that for that person right based on the productivity of the farm so if they were in day one care let's say uh you know goals and expectations that would be to decrease stillborn rate to you know whatever percentage right or um you know that kind of stuff to make sure we're doing rounds every every so often for example uh so short and long term goals for that person specifically within their within their position that they do probably on a daily basis in order to keep them motivated and keep them engaged and you know also let them know that they are essential and that they are important i think uh, it's important to address from you know <sighs> To be extremely empathetic in that position as well. I mean, how would I feel if I was turning down a promotion? I might be scared of some backlash or, you know, retaliation or things like that. So I guess reiterating that, you know, just because they turn down the position doesn't mean that they're, you know, going to be held accountable any any different way than any other person on the farm. So I think that would be extremely important to to address to that to that individual to make sure that they they know that. Um, and Secondly, I guess for the individual who who wants to go further and and wants to be promoted, I guess um, there would be a specific training track for that as well. So if it would be like a, a farrowing leader or manager or or whatever would be the case, um, it would be obviously to know the farrowing house, be able to manage the farrowing house. I guess in my absence, I guess. So in my absence, if you could manage the farrowing house completely and totally, um, that would be, you know, that would be the main aspect and, and goal of that. And whatever that would take, I guess, maybe one-on-one time with me, I guess, learning, you know, how the man- how the farrowing house kind of runs and works, and obviously all the details that go into the farrowing house as well, from farrowing out sows to processing pigs to weaning pigs, you know, that kind of thing. So I a specific training track for that individual as well, who, who actually wanted to be promoted. When obviously we want those people as well, of course.
2: So, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things that I like to see uh, that goes along with that, that sometimes I think we miss, is really focused around that leadership or how to be a manager. Right. Again, some people, it just seems leadership and, and those types of traits just are natural to them. But so many of us don't learn those skill sets very easily or just don't have them as innate kind of mindsets. And so I always like to see them pick up whether it's something like a disk or a strings finder so they can learn how to communicate with people or identify people on their teams or even just go through a simple management thing on, you know, what do you do if you have an employee who's done something wrong? How do you retrain? How do you, you know, even just document, right? Document those incidences so that if you do, unfortunately, have to let somebody go, right? You you at least have the paperwork lined out and, you know, help them figure out how to do that management part. Um, is that something that you see is needed or, or is, do you think it's really more, no, we need to focus on the tasks within the farm and, you know, let those innate abilities shine through on those individuals?
0: Oh, absolutely. The additional the additional training is is needed. Right. So you have people with maybe a natural leadership uh, ability, which is great. But I think the foundation for that leadership with leadership training and learning how to work with people and how to manage people and how to motivate, coach, develop, you know, hold people accountable is absolutely needed for for everyone no matter uh, where your status is and even a follow up trainings as as well you know I been a manager for for eight years, right? And I would still, you know, be learning things as a manager on what are the best ways to, to engage my team, to motivate my team towards success, that kind of thing. So absolutely, I think that that training is needed. Yes, you will have individuals who are more inclined to those natural leadership abilities than others. But I still think it's something that everyone could could benefit from and uh continue to develop to develop those skills because you you're never done learning how how to work with people and how to manage people and how to motivate people. I mean I've I've said from the very beginning, you know, the pigs are the easy part. Even with PERS and PD and ASF looming, you know, there in the background, you know, that kind of stuff. Even with that stuff there pigs are the easy part. It's, it's people that are the hard part, right? So, because people come, come in all different shapes and sizes and all different personalities and what maybe motivates this person doesn't motivate this person over here, right? So I, I, that, and it's extremely hard to navigate when to, when to push and, and when to, you know, back off kind of thing. And it comes with experience as well. And there's, there's some things that just can't be taught. There's some things that you just have to that you just have to kind of figure out on, on your own. And I think it takes um, an established leadership team for those farm managers learning through that process in order to get them through it and and know that they are, are not failing. <laughs> it's just it's just a learning process. And sometimes those learning processes are more painful than others, right? But mm-hmm. absolutely, that, absolutely that solid foundation and that solid uh you know People interaction skills uh, is is needed on a periodic basis for for everyone.
2: Absolutely. The other thing that I I heard you say a couple of times now is you talk about the team and whether it's working in a system that has multiple wean to finish barns and every farm manager right comes together and, and has a meeting or it's a sow farm and you have your farrowing group is separate from your breeding group. You know, how do you get the group to see it as a cohesive team? Because I think it's really easy to end up in your pocket, right? I'm working in this barn and, you know, whether I'm by myself or I'm doing this task by myself, you know, how do we get to see the bigger picture? What do you see is beneficial to encourage that team development?
0: That is the key question, isn't it? (laughs)
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) Sometimes easier uh, said than done. I will say there, there are some people who love just working by themselves. I want to, I want to do me and, you know, everybody else, you know, do, do themselves kind of thing. So great question. Yes. So, um, but I find that if you can bring all of these people from all of these different backgrounds and personalities together, it actually can be really fun. So, um, Things that I've done are, you know, just having simple things, having lunch together, right? Having lunch as a team, right? All all of your people, whether it's 30 people or 10 people or 20, right? Have Have lunch together, right? Bring everybody to the office and try to not talk about work at lunch. Try to talk about other things right or what's going on in, on you know in your in your life maybe right and you can't force it right people have to want to participate that kind of thing but i found that that's helped quite a bit Um, especially, you know, especially when with all these people and all these different backgrounds, you bring them together, you talk about things that are not work related, it tends to bring people together, you'll have people laughing at the break table instead of just sitting there silently. And it's different from other workplaces, right? You can't go out to lunch, you know, most of the time to eat with your coworkers if if you want to, you're you're there so you might as well make the best of it kind of thing and having group gatherings have have a christmas dinner have a thanksgiving dinner celebrate the holidays decorate the office you know it's it really is the little things that bring people together like that. And it's not, you know, it, it's not that difficult, right? So if these are small things that, you know, I found that has really helped bring, bring the team together. And maybe during, you know, one of those meetings where you have everybody together, you come up with a common goal, right? So what, it, what is our goal for the farm for this, this week? What is our goal for the farm this month or this quarter? Something that everyone can contribute to. And not only talk about it, but also track it. Track it however you want, whether it's a checklist, you know, on the wall or, you know, anything like that. Give, Give them something all to work towards that they all can contribute to. Not, you know not only the specific goals for individual people like decreasing stillborns and and things like that but let's let's get the farm to whatever psy this quarter and what are how are we going to get there or you know what let's get the break room cleaned this week kind of thing so <laughs> it doesn't have to be complex like i said it doesn't have to be complex these can be very simple easy you know things but give them a common goal to work towards and I think that really brings a team together and it's when you have that unity that everybody is on the same team that you really drive productivity within the farm because it makes it a happier place to work and it increases the level of your culture and you know in my personal experience you can pay people all the money in the world right but if their workplace is somewhere that that they feel like they don't belong or that is it's just unpleasant to walk through that door every morning they're they're not going to stay and you know the higher turnover rate you have and then you have to start over with training those people then on the first day showing them the basics taking your time and then you're kind of just you know shooting yourself in the foot so to speak so i think it really goes to show you know developing that culture and developing that team is actually going to be Highly beneficial in the long run. You're going to keep your staff. You're going to drive your pr- productivity on the farm, and it's going to be a great place to work. So, definitely,
2: absolutely. And I think you you really summarized that up quite nicely and, and kind of hit the nail on the head. Or um, for what we were really talking about today is how to really engage our employees, and more importantly, how to make them feel valued. Because a valued employee is one that is in fact engaged and is one that is going to contribute and is going to stay a while. So um, certainly I think you did a really nice job of of summarizing those key points right there in that last statement. It is time to
1: our famous three. For knowledge and news from the global swine industry, access our partner, thepigsite.com.
2: So as we kind of wrap up our time today, Sarah, I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions that we ask all of our guest speakers. Um, the first one really comes down to any favorite swine resources that you might have.
0: Okay, I might be a little bit biased, but <laughs> I do love the Swine it podcast, all right. so and and I'll tell you I'll tell you why, I guess, not only because I work with them, but because it, it allows you to get so many different perspectives from so many people within our industry in such a short amount of time. Right. So um, working in the industry that we work in, you know, uh, maybe it's biosecurity, maybe it's because the farm's 50 percent staff, but you can't get to, you know, everywhere across the world to to pick these experts brains on, you know, their areas of expertise. So the dissemination of knowledge in such a short amount of time in a conversational aspect like we're doing here is is really easy and it's convenient. So I would I would have to say the Science Podcast, of course,
2: of course. <laughs> Well, how about something that's not swine-related? Is there anything that you're currently reading that you'd recommend to the audience?
0: Um, I am reading a book right now, or listening, I guess. I listen to books, um, called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. It's um, more of overcoming your own mindset. Right. So your mindset is everything. So it's about motivating yourself to do the things that you don't want to do, kind of thing. So it's overcoming your own doubts and making you more more self aware kind of thing. So that one I'm I'm currently reading and it's 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 really eye opening. I could tell you that.
2: That's interesting. I haven't heard that one yet. I'll have to look that one up. So the last question we ask is really around: if you can think of somebody in your life that you've defined as successful, what's a key trait that they have that you think's allowed them to be successful? Hmm.
0: I would say they would have a great amount of perseverance, um, flexibility, and adaptability. I would have to say. So those those three things I think are are very key to to being successful because the, the road to success, they say, I know it's corny and cheesy, but it's not straight. The road to success is not straight, right? So there's bumps and curves and, and everything else. But if you can be flexible and adapt and persevere through, through, through anything that comes in your way, you're bound to succeed at, at some point or another.
2: Absolutely. I think those are great traits to have for sure, especially in today's environment. We have to be adaptable. Um, there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, very good. Well, I want to thank you again today, Sarah, for your time and for our audience. Just a reminder: this is Sarah Pardal, who is part of uh, Swine IT currently as the customer oper- within the customer operations unit. So, Sarah, thank you again, and it was a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Laura.
1: Imagine if, with a few key concepts, you could have the potential to create a massive positive impact for swine producers. Join this small group and go to the next level of nutrition on this online training in applied swine nutrition and feeding by Dr. Marcio Gonsalves and his world-class invited swine nutritionists. Additionally, you will enjoy an exclusive community to network and exchange ideas. Go now to eliteswinenutritionist.com.